Hey, TK Show is sponsored by South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, Northern California's number one volume dealer. Check them out at SouthCountyChryslerJeepDodge.net or drive a little and save a lot in friendly Gilroy. Coming to you from the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group, it's the TK Show. Now here's your host, Tim Kawakami. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show. Very good to be talking to you and to my very special guest, friend of mine, Northwestern alum, Northwestern board, whatever, board of directors now, you're running the place. Trustees, trust, That's even better, that's even better. Uh, <laughs> ESPN, pardon the eruption, man of so many different platforms on uh, ESPN and other places, the great Michael Wilbon. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, Tim. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, great, to, great to have a good t- conversation here with you, Michael. Everything's a good conversation. Might as well put it on a podcast. I, I know you follow the Raiders. You talk about them a lot on, on, on your shows. Uh, what did you think about last night? Uh, you think there's a significant hit to them as they look at the playoffs here? No, no. I think I, I, I ha- you know, I'm in a confidence pool, Tim. I don't know if you, if every, how familiar everybody is with a confidence pool, but you just pick the games not point spread. You just pick the games, but you assign a point value based on your confidence level 1 through 16. Of course, there being no more than 16 games. And so this week, uh, I, I, I picked Kansas City to win that game, but my confidence level was a 1. Hmm. Uh, so the Kansas City's playing at home. They're supposed yeah. to win that game. And, uh, you know, I know that that'll be a big PTI point of discussion. But I, I thought Kansas City was, I think they're dead even. And the only advantage being they were playing at home. They, I, you know, I don't think any one of those, either one of those teams is going to run away from the other. Uh, the Raiders ought to be right on track. I, I've been able to watch. There's so few games now at four o'clock Eastern mm-hmm. that living out here in you know DC and Chicago, I'm able to see the Raiders quite a bit. Um, not as much traffic on the air at that hour, uh, and there's only two or three games usually. You can see the Raiders quite a bit if you live in the East and you ha- and you have a satellite dish. And so I enjoyed watching them. They are exciting in the way the Raiders have traditionally, when they were good, once upon a time, been exciting. But I didn't think they were any better than Kansas City, and I didn't think they were going to win that game last night necessarily. I know you uh, were one of the people Al Davis was talking to uh, in, in the later years. You had a connection with him. Uh, what, what, what do you think Al would, would be thinking about this football team? Oh, my God. He had to be particularly proud of this team, right? I mean, the, the style of play. You know, there are not many franchises anymore, Tim, that have a style of play that uh, is connected to, you know, previous decades. I mean, people hire a coach. That coach brings a style of play with him and his assistant coaching staff. It morphs depending on who they draft or sign as free agents. And, you know, so, you know, the Packers aren't running the Packers sweep anymore from the 1960s. They don't look like that. You know, uh, I guess the Bears still don't have a quarterback because they never do. (laughs) So maybe that connects them to days of yore. But the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders actually look like if you just, you know, you woke up from a 35 or 40-year sleep, um, the Raiders look like the Raiders. And, and you know, Derek Carr is a, is a quarterback who's in that lineage. And so Al, it looks like a team Al put together. Yeah. And, I, you know, that's, I think that's one of the things that's cool for somebody like me who covered the league in the 80s. And, you know, and, and I, I did, for whatever reasons, I'm not sure why, but you referred to sort of having a relationship with Al Davis, and I did. 
And he would just sit around and talk philosophically. I mean, I don't know, he probably thought I was just some young punk kid who he could sort of influence in some ways. In, in terms of what I believe about football, I, I think that's probably true because that was just fun for me to watch, and I got to be on the inside. I actually got to watch Raiders practices mm. sometimes. You can believe that. And so Al Davis would be particularly, I think, proud of this team. You know, would he want somebody running the previous version of the West Coast offense? No, probably not. But this is, this is fun to watch. I think the Raiders being good is good for the league. Um, but I think that the Raider-Kansas City, Raider Chiefs rivalry, is that being alive and well and nasty and contentious, that's, that's, that's even better for the league. Now, you, you don't have to t- talk about this too much, but did, didn't you have some contact with him even in the later years with Al? Wasn't he kind of reaching out to you? Or you had some conversations with him towards the end? No, no, not mm-hmm. that late. You know, not, not as he had, was in failing health and that sort of thing. Uh, but when I was, when I was, the period I was covering the league and uh, as a columnist early on, I mean, you know, Al Davis, uh, Al Davis is such a complex and mysterious person. I wasn't around, I was never around him on a daily basis. It's interesting that, that I, I think the most complex person I ever covered on that sort of basis um, is John Thompson, hmm. uh, as in Georgetown coach John Thompson. And I think Al's in that vein. Again, I wasn't around him every day. I never was. I would just pop in and out uh, as, a, as one of the national writers covering pro football. But Al was that kind of complex, and who knows, maybe even more so. I think the people, if, there, if anybody had access to them both, they might put Al on the top of that list. But it was, it was great to be around him when I was. But I was, a, I was a young guy trying to figure out how to cover the NFL then. What's your take on the 49ers? I mean, you know, we're immersed in it. We've seen oh it. Yeah, I mean, just from someone who knows the league and has kind of seen this go, do you do you trace it all to the Harbaugh decision? Do you do you trace it to other things? Yeah, I mean, yes. This addition, sure, you have to. I mean, first of all, you get blown out by the Bears. You 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 got to be awful. Um, <laughs> and I I if I had to if I had to sort of rank the bottom three teams in terms of awfulness, you know, thirty, thirty one, thirty two. I think I would have the Bears at 30, Cleveland at 31, and the Niners at 32. Wow. And, yes, I mean, look, I don't know that the Harbaugh experiment is not going to work for long. I mean, you know he's not going to be anywhere for that long. But it just seems like the whole thing and the Balky situation, it, it just, it's, a, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. And if it's good for the NFL that the Raiders are good and the Raider Chiefs rivalry is alive and well, it's bad for the league. When the 49ers, which I think, you know, just in my time covering the league now, which is, I don't know, more than 30 years, it's bad for the league when the 49ers, one of the flagship franchises, is bad, uh, are, are bad. Um, the 49ers and the Steelers, not to mention, you know, Giants, I mean, they, I'm putting those teams ahead of the Cowboys because the Cowboys have been 25 years now having done essentially nothing. Those franchises are essential to the well-being of the National Football League. And so when we talk about declining ratings and declining interest, you need, you need certain cities to be strong. And I, I'm, I'm a believer that uh, the 49ers are one of those franchises. Yep. And I don't know if they're going to be the same ever again. I just don't know that's happening with, with, with the York ownership. As someone who has watched this, do you get a feel for the York ownership and this move to Santa Clara and, and, and what it's done to them? No, because I'm, I'm not because I'm not covering the league on a week by week basis anymore, like I was for a lot of years. But I, you know what, Tim, I've learned. I, I don't say never. I don't even suspect never, <laughs> because people come in and they they can hire somebody who can 
now we make it not ever. They can make it now. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm a fan of the Chicago Cubs lifetime. So yeah. that was close to never. <laughs> <laughs> as close as it's ever going to get, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, but if you're going to get Fino Epstein to come in and, and, and retool your program, well, there are people like that who, who, who are that to pro football, who are that to the NHL, who are that to the NBA, and they, they come in and they, and an owner is smart enough to let them do what they do. And so, no, I don't, I don't, not only do I not believe in never, because of the common draft and the way it works, uh, and because of free agency and because of, you know, just, just the, uh, the capricious nature of sports and the people who play and coach them and people come and go like we're talking about Harbaugh. No, I mean, you get, you know, you, you, you get somebody who understands how to put the team, the team together. He hires the right coach and boom, it happens in two or three years. So no, I'm not counting the 49ers out of that. They, they, they've been in the mix too many times, too many different ways for me to count them out of that. All right, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. It's the 2016 Big Finish Event at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Hurry in for great deals. Get $8,000 off the Challenger or Charger 392. $6,500 off on the Challenger Hellcat. $12,000 off the Grand Cherokee SRT. Take home a new Jeep Renegade Latitude for just $12,988. It's goodbye 2016. And hello savings at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Gilroy. Well, transition to a team that was out of it for a long time and now is in a rather high situation. We got the Golden State Warriors. Did you see this coming, Michael? Did you did you see what's happening now setting up a I I know you you've been around this team. You know some of the, the main principles involved. Did, did you see this coming? No. No, I I mean, you you can see good coming. You could even see a little bit of greatness coming. So, you know, I thought you know, I was a person who was vocal about the firing of Mark Jackson. I, I, I thought that was, I'm not going to say I thought it was wrong. I'm not going to say that. I, I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it was handled. Uh, and, and that's, that's from a bias, Tim, to be honest. I mean, you know, I covered Mark Jackson when he was a, when he was a, he was a college player at St. John's. I've known Mark most of my adult life and all of his. And, you know, we see franchises have this happen, right, where somebody else sort of starts, a group of people start, the process up and they're not able to finish it like Tony Dungy in Tampa, yep. you know, Gruden finished that, but I thought there was one of the classy things with John Gruden. Thank Tony Dungy after winning, you know, and we've, you know, we've seen that in, in, in multiple situations and I, you know, we can see the seeds of it being sown with that team under Mark Jackson and sort of the way they got going and Curry and Thompson and the whole atmosphere of it. And then I, I saw another coach comes in, Steve Kerr, who, you know, you believe is going to be a terrific coach, and he, he was, he is. Um, but I didn't see, I, you could see contention for a championship coming. I, I don't think anybody even saw. I thought Steph Curry was underrated at the time. I thought he should have been a higher pick. I thought he would be a terrific player. I, did I see this? No, I, I didn't see this. And not many people did, obviously. Um and so now, you know, then when you sustain it, I tell you what, it, it would have been, if they only win one, that's sort of a disappointment. I, I mean, you know, greatness in the NBA is measured in bunches. And the, the truly great franchises in the NBA have won more than one. The great runs, eras, if you will, many eras, whatever you want to call them. So I think that the Warriors, yeah, they had 73 and that 70, what was it, 74 ultimately? I care, I've lost track. 73, 73. Um, 73. And I, I still think they need to get another championship, and they will be 
you know, obviously they're the best team in the West right now. I mean, I, I would put them above San Antonio, even though San Antonio's won the first head to head. But I would put the I'd put the Warriors atop any sort of power ranking other in the West, and they're going to get a shot at Cleveland again, and it's going to be incredible to watch. No, I didn't see that all of this coming, but they're wow. I mean, I, they're still even more must see TV to me than Cleveland. There's a charisma about the way they play. There's a, a, a freedom and a you know just a charm about the way the Warriors play that captivates. Uh, kids for cracking an eight-year-old. That's all he wants to do is watch the Warriors. He doesn't even care about. He watches everybody, but the Warriors is what he cares about. He's eight, hmm. and this is when I'm in the car driving carpool or taking these kids to school, and there's seven and eight and nine-year-old kids in my car. They want to know about the Warriors. That's what they care about. So I, I, did I see all that coming? No. And I, if anybody else saw it coming. <laughs> They need to go and live in Vegas. And what, if, they, if they can see like that, they need to cash in on it. Joe Leggett will tell you he saw it coming. He's not going to tell me that. <laughs> I, I, I've gotten to know Joe a little bit, yeah. and I, I'm laughing as I say that. Joe, Joe, Joe knows what he wanted to help affect. Mm-hmm. And then he, if you get that thing, you hope the result will come. But, no, if we're sitting in a bar right now, I'm going to get Joe to tell me that he's not – he did not see this. But he saw a sustained period where they could bank on players and a system and a general manager who gets no credit mm-hmm. who ought to. And Bob Myers. And so I, I think that Joe Joe knew what he wanted to see, and he got he was they were able to put that together. Joe and the other owners and the executives there, and it, you know all of it is it, it's a miracle when all that stuff comes together. I, I don't care if whether it's the Warriors or. Uh, the 49ers that have won so many times, or the you know the Cubs who win once this year, I, it, it, it's almost a miracle when all this stuff comes together. You know Durant, I'm sure over the years. How do you think it's working here? Do you, do you see any telltale signs that it is or it isn't going to be a a really good relationship for a long term? Well, you would think. I mean, you would think. I don't know what long term means though, though Tim yeah. anymore. I mean, long term doesn't. That's generational. Long term to somebody fifty eight years old, which is what I am, it doesn't it doesn't have, they don't understand what that is. And Kevin Durant is not even thirty yet. Yep. So I don't I don't I stopped dealing with long term because I, I realize now I'm talking about a, something that is defined in one way to me, and I'm not sure the, the two generations later that it exists, but it's going great now. I mean, and so I didn't take you know I know that you know my my, my television co-host and dear friend Tony Kornheiser took everything that Durant said as a you know a direct shot at Oklahoma City and Russell Westbrook in the preseason in the first few games, I didn't think it that way at all. I, I, I thought, I believe, knowing, West, knowing, knowing Kevin a little bit from his time growing up here in, in Washington, D.C., that it was a revelation to him that you could play a different way, that it could, it could just be done in a way that probably suits your youthful personality even more so. And he found himself being probably a better fit than he even knew when he signed the contract. And the way they play, the passing, oh, my God, the way they played the other night uh, against the Clippers, where the, th- the, the big three when it comes to shooting the ball, you know, Curry, Durant, and Clay Thompson, they shoot 39% combined. Is not a prolific night on any level, and yet they destroyed the Clippers with as beautiful a sequence of passing for about 12 or 15 minutes as I've ever seen. And, yes, I mean ever. I mean it's right up there. If I'm going to put anything above it, okay, maybe I put Magic and Showtime in the 80s ahead of it. But nobody else. 
Not even the old, old, old Celtics, which I remember a little bit of. That's how beautifully they play together. And Durant, Durant is getting high off that. Yep. And it's clear that, that when he found out that, that he could be a part of something like that, that turns him on. And I don't see it as necessarily just a shot at Oklahoma City like others do, but that's, that's just the way I take it. He's just talking about his career. You know, it, Oklahoma City was one experience. This is a different experience. And, and, and I don't think he – I mean, again, it might be something, you know, uh, subconscious – but he left Oklahoma City. He's here now, and he's talking about it. I, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I know Oklahoma City sees it as direct shots, but I think that's also one of the reasons he left Oklahoma City, where everything was a measure of, oh my God, does he love it or does he hate it here? Oh, everything, you know, what he's wearing, who he's talking to, was a measure of something there, and he comes here, and it's it's a little bigger than that, I think. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, eight or nine years ago, um, I talked to, I would talk to Kevin. Uh, both in Oklahoma City and here when he came home to Washington. Um, and he, I think he liked, he didn't mind the fishbowl aspect of Oklahoma City. And he may not give voice to it now. I'm, I'm giving voice to it. But he loved it then. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He was 20, he was 20 then. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting with him in his house talking about it. And he, I know he didn't mind it. But you know what? Stuff happens. I mean, who among us is the same at 26, 27, 28 that we were at 19? When, you, when he came into the league, which is the age he was. So I think that, yeah, I think, you're, I think you, you mentioned something there that is really critical to how he felt and how he evolved, that he wanted to be part of something different. And um, good for him that he realized that, and good for him that he works in an industry that can allow that to happen. And, uh, <laughs> and good for people who get to watch the Warriors right now. Because, I, look, I, the games come on out here at, at most of them, Two-thirds of the Warriors games are on at, you know, 10 o'clock or later, mm-hmm. you know, local time. And I can tell you right now that of those <laughs> of those 50 games or so, I probably watch 40 of them. Mm. I don't miss. Uh, and that's, just as a, that's not because I need to do it for work. That's because I love watching them. Well, talking about another industry that's changing, uh, the whole journalism, sports journalism in particular is going going some new place here. Uh, you and I have both been in it for a long time, but... Uh, as someone who was on part, you know, started part of the interruption, I don't know how many years ago now. Uh, 15, that, yeah. 15 years. The first, the grandfather of them all. Uh, the, 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 the best at it, I've said it before, I don't, I'm not just saying it because I'm talking to you, but you it's know, the best. I appreciate that, Tim. It's the best show. It's a that. real show. What I love about it, it's a real show. It's you and Tony have real chemistry. This is something that you guys could be walking down the street. You'd probably be talking like that. But wh- what do you feel about this whole embrace debate, this FS1 now? Uh, the other shows that we can talk about. Uh, yeah. Are you proud of it, or, or are you? Uh, <laughs> where do you, know you go what? with this, Tim? You know, I don't know how to feel. I guess you know what, in a, in a very strict way, if we're just talking about um, sort of a genre that did not exist, it didn't exist. I mean, and, and by the way, Tony and I get no credit for for the existence. I mean, Mark Shapiro gets all there the go. credit for the existence because he was named at like 33 years old or something like that. He was named the, the president of programming. He had a programming at ESPN in 2001. And literally, I was at the NBA Finals, uh, the Lakers and whoever it was in 2001, Sixers or Indiana, somebody. And Mark Shapiro called me and said, hey, um, we got to have dinner. And I said, Mark, I'm not in Washington. I'm in L.A. He goes, I know where you are. I'm flying out. we got to have dinner. I'm like, why? And he said, because I'm going to put this show on television. I'm being named president of programming tomorrow for ESPN. And that's my first decision. I'm like, well, that's you, 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 the next decision will be to fire your butt because <laughs> this is stupid. And, and we literally had that, that conversation before he flew out. 
And so we get no credit for it. Mark Shapiro decided that this was a, a missing element of sports television. And my God, he was right. Uh, we just happened to be the first ones out there because there been two other guys. But I don't know that I feel, I don't know what I feel about it. I, the people who are doing this stuff, Tim, as you know, they're my friends. They were, they're all sports writers, almost all sports writers. Shannon Sharp is in now. And Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp means he'll have been a sports writer while he was playing. God knows he was like the best friend of every sports writer when he was with the Broncos and Ravens. And you got, I mean, you know, so Shannon gets grandfathered into that. But I mean, Skip and Whitlock and, you know, you go to Around the Horn. And I mean, yes, PTI gave way to all of it. It made it more palatable, you know, more easily so. But I, I look at them and I don't necessarily think they're similar, even though anybody else would think they're similar. Um, it, but it's just a weird thing. It's a weird thing to think that 15 years ago, it didn't exist. Yep. That this thing that, that everybody sees and, and just tolerates and advertisers give themselves over to, that this thing wasn't thought of. It just shows you still how new television, even television, not, not to mention the other platforms and other, or other you know, new media, which is much newer, is two minutes old. So, I, you know, there was the sports reporters at one time and nothing else, and that was a slow... It seems so slow. It seems like sports reporters now, it's like an eight-hour-long thing because everything else is so fast-paced and so different. So I don't, I don't know quite what to make of it. Um, I'm happy to have been on the ground floor of it, and I hope we'll be around a little longer. I got an eight-year-old. I got, a, <laughs> I got tuition to pay. I got... I got stuff to do. I need to be employed a little while longer. Northwestern will take care of you. Don't worry. I, I know that. Oh. You are Northwestern now. I, I know you've got the uh, NBA uh, pre and post, all, all that stuff coming up, uh, starting with Christmas. Are you excited about that? There's been some changes of bringing Magic back. Uh, how how yeah. is that all developing for you? Well, I just, you know, it, it's difficult. You know, people don't understand the reasons that things happen at any workplace. And so, in my case, um, I don't know that I ever would have put me in a studio, <laughs> but the network did. But I was missing too much of the time away from being in the PTI studio, which is my that's that. Let's face it. That's why I'm employed in this manner. And so I was like 50 percent of the shows, Tim, I was away. I was either in L.A. or on the road at the NBA game. And that that was bad for the franchise. It's bad for PTI. So I needed to be back in the studio. So that's why I wound up being at games again and not not in the studio. But there's a, new, there's a new dynamic, a new product. There's a new package of games, 10 games or 11, on, ESP, on ABC, excuse me, on Saturday nights. And so I can, I can get out there and be part of that. And if you're going to be part of it, if you're going to have primetime shows on Saturday night on ABC, and this is what I said when nobody wanted my opinion or cared about it, I offered it. As you know, that's what, we, that's what guys like you and I do. Yep. We offer our opinions. And I said, you know what, if you guys don't get magic, on the show, this is just stupid. It's just dumb. Magic Johnson should be the signature voice and person on ABC, uh, on ABC slash ESPN, however you want to divvy that up. And on a Saturday night, um, and Magic, you know, Magic doesn't need a job. He doesn't. He doesn't even want a job. He likes doing this. And he likes doing it with the people that he's done it with for, I don't, I don't want to say 30 years, but it's more than it's that much. Eight years formally, I mean, Magic and I, maybe more than that, maybe it's more like 10. That's what Magic likes doing. And so, you know, they, you know, put the band to, together to a degree again, and I'm thrilled, thrilled, because it's, there's nothing like sitting around working with Magic. I mean, to me, he is the, the smartest player who ever lived. 
and 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 I I say that at, you know thinking about the the brilliant basketball players of multiple generations that I've come in contact with and appreciate from you know Mr. Kuzi and Robertson through Michael Jordan and who and the guys who are playing now and I, I appreciate all of them Isaiah Thomas all of them but Magic Johnson to me is the gold standard when it comes to that and so I'm glad he's going to be on those games I'm glad I can sneak out to L.A. and be in the studio with him. And, and, you know, it should be fun. And, it, and there's, you know, I, I still will do some other things. I love working with Chauncey Billups, speaking of really just smart players over a long period of time. Chauncey and Jalen and and uh, Tracy McGrady and those guys are part of the family now. But, you know, Magic and I are old people. <laughs> We're six months apart in age. We go back to Big Ten days. I met Magic, Tim, uh, when he was playing games in Evanston, mm. when Michigan State would come and visit uh, the Wildcats at Northwestern. I met Magic that far back, so we're talking 1978. Yep. What is? Don't don't make me do the math <laughs> on that. It's, it's dangerously close to 40 years. But so I think this. I just my job is to draw. Magic Johnson is one of the best storytellers. Um, he is one of the most insightful people to ever play the game, if not the most. And my job is to just facilitate that. So whatever people want to call it. Fine, I don't care what they call it. I just, I'm, I'm glad that we can do that on Saturday nights, leading into these primetime games, which are going to have a lot of Golden State, yes, uh, Spurs, uh, Cavs, uh, a lot of Golden, a lot of those three, and you know, some Bulls and some Knicks and some other people. But it's going to be heavy on the teams people want to see. Man, I'm stealing minutes from here, but I, I got to ask you: you, we got a good Michael Jordan on the golf course story. <laughs> One or two, no, you know. You know, you know, you know. What's interesting? I have um, Michael and I have been uh, around each other mm-hmm. on the golf course many, many, many times. When we lived here in Washington, he, he we belonged to the same golf club, and and he's invited me graciously when he certainly didn't need to to his events many times. I have accepted and gone and played in them, but I am not. I'm not a guy who's playing for those stakes. <laughs> oh, come on. And I am a guy who is, who is a, a 12.5 index. I'm not good enough to be playing in those games. And so I might go out and walk. Mm. I might go out and hang out. I might go out and talk trash and then, and then leave before I had to pay up. But I was never in that fraternity of guys playing. I was on the, on the periphery, on the fringe. And so I enjoyed the company of it. But, no, I, I'm not out there – when I've, I've gotten phone calls, though, Tim, saying be at the first tee in a half an hour, and the stakes were mentioned, yeah. <laughs> and I just said, I'm going to turn over and go back to bed now. I'm going to turn over and go to sleep now. I'm not getting involved in that. I'll just say one time I played with, with Ray Leonard, who you know, passionate golfer. Yes, very and well. you, I did not put my money on the line, but my ball was used in some of the gambling, and it was very nerve-wracking. My I'm money impressed. was not, but, uh, and... I'm impressed. And Ray, I'm impressed. i got to hear more about this later, Tim. Oh, this man. Is good. It was large amount of money. A, a large <laughs> amount of money. Hundreds of dollars. So you know the stakes I'm talking about. It's, you knew exactly what oh, I'm talking about. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Michael, I, I, I take you to the we got to hear Michael Wilbon's favorite restaurant. Favorite restaurant? See, yeah, okay, you, you're going to get me in big trouble here. Okay, so I, because I've, I, I sort of I live in multiple places, yep. you've got to give me a, a, a couple. Sure. In Chicago uh, alone, and I spend, you know, Tim, I spend more and more time there now between you mentioned trusteedom and uh, also just, just working in and out of Chicago. Um, I, you know, Chicago cut. I, I, when you grow up in Chicago, when you grow up in, in the Midwest, you've got to be a, you're a steakhouse guy. Yep. And so Chicago cut 
is, is very much that. Uh, and that's a, I don't know, that leads a lineup of great places there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but in Arizona, where I also spend, you know, a great deal of time, uh, it's a place called Tarbell's. And, and so, I, and I'm even leaving out, you know, I'm leaving out places now. Oh my God, and I, I shouldn't be leaving out. But those probably are my headliners. Okay. And that uh, uh, Tarbell's in, in the Phoenix and, area? Tarbell's. In yeah, it's 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 in Phoenix, and actually not in Scottsdale. In Phoenix, I I you know try to sneak in there, and there's you know there's a lot of great places. You know, a lot of great places. I mean, God City Hall and Ocean Club in Scottsdale, but I'd say Tarbell's. That's a hard that's a hard selection over others. And Chicago Cut, you know, Chicago, you know, the, the steakhouses. I mean, yep. you know, RPM Steak is a, is another place that I I'm you know sort of addicted to. So. But those, you, you you know, you're giving me, hopefully you're giving me two. So if you're giving me two, hey, Spears, I, I'm going to go with, Spears name like, with those two. Spears name like ten, so <laughs> you two well, yeah, I mean, more than Yeah, you, you, I'm lucky in that the places that I get to live in, I didn't even name a place of my own in Washington, D.C., which is pretty pretty lame because I've been living here for forever, and it's probably a rotation of places that I I go here. But I'm I'm going with. I'm going to go with those two and hope that other people don't get mad at me and ban me from their kitchen. Now you just come on again and you, you name some more restaurants. That's how we'll do it. That sounds good. All right, Michael, listen, really appreciate it. it. took a lot of your time, but this is great stuff. Always good to see you. I'm sure we'll be seeing plenty of each other in the coming weeks and months. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, if you're doing this, for you're covering basketball for a living and you're not making a stop at Oracle, then you're not doing your job. And so I got a lot. I, 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 went, I, was at, I made 15 trips. Yeah. To SFO Airport uh, in the months of April, May, and early June last year. Fifteen, just in those months. It wow. didn't count the rest of the season. Wow. So there's nothing to suggest is going to be any different. So I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, Michael. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, everybody. That's Michael Wilbon from ESPN PTI, Northwestern trustee. All the big things. Maybe you should put Northwestern trustee number one. All right, everybody. Thanks. For, that's the show for today. Big finish event at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Hurry in for great deals. New Jeep Cherokee Sport, just $16,888. 017 Pacifica 7 Passenger for only $21,777. Take the new Dodge Journey for $15,999. Wranglers, Promasters, and 017 Ram Trucks starting at $17,988 at South County Chrysler.